0: I like the city, I've
1: been browsing Treading water they drown. My head on a swivel, yeah It's only really my surroundings Welcome to episode 145 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Guys, we have that show that we look forward to every single year. You know, this is a, we're having a guest on today. This is his third appearance. John, this is the one where you get giddy. You know, I know the first time we talked about having this guest on and I texted you, I was like, hey, this guy's going to come on. You just lost it because this is someone that you respect so much in the industry. And I'm excited for tonight. I can tell you are as well. Oh, for sure. We
0: definitely get excited about this one. I've gotten to the point now where I'm now kind of inspired by our guests, and I've been learning to watch film. And I think I see things, but I'm kind of waiting for his publication to see. Is this guy seeing it too? And I was pretty pumped about what I just saw. So looking forward to breaking it down here tonight.
1: Without further ado, for the... You know, third straight year coming on the show, the one, the only Matt Waldman. How you doing tonight, brother? Like we are, I, you can see it on our faces. We're excited to chop it up with you tonight.
2: Well, I'm doing great, and I'm equally excited because it's so much fun to be able to get on the show and folks are like, "Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about these rookies." And yes, and, and and so look, let's get to it because it's you know I, I definitely want to get down and do this, and we'll have a good time.
1: Yeah. So the, the rookie scouting profile that you do that's released. April 1st, for the 18th year of publication, man. It is now officially legal, right? It's an adult. <laughs> You've been doing this for 18 years, which is so awesome. I mean, Amazing. how do you feel? We we've talked about it a little bit backstage, but I mean, how do you feel each year about the RSP growing, about, you know, we have a lot of people in our Patreon program that are like, oh, Matt Waldman, I'm not sure who, you know, and then we, we direct them to you and it's like, their eyes just open up to a new avenue of football so talk to us about how you keep it fresh and how it's evolved over the years well
2: i'm i'm really proud of the fact that when people do see it that they are shocked
0: that the eyes go
2: wide and they're Mm -hmm. like i had no idea and, and I play that up on Twitter a lot and, I'll, and I use one of my taglines as pleasantly shocking readers since 2006 because I've been able to see that. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. And, and I'm proud of the work that I've been able to do because it's an honest effort at trying to get better every year at what you do by attacking the process of how you evaluate um, talent with, you, you know, how you define things that you're looking at. Um, you know, how to put it in writing so that it's something that you can work at and how to find the holes to where you you go, OK, I need to go and look at certain position coaching or get advice or learn different things and how people have come out of the woodwork over the years to be able to help me with that. You know, whether it's position coaches, pro players, um, you, you know, they've been they've been people that have been able to help me learn more about each of those four positions. And so to have grown and then to have grown an audience from, you know, I've certainly had a ton of help from football guys and FF today before that and the and um, football outsiders, all places that I work, New York Times blog when I did that. So those are entities along the way that have helped me gain an audience for sure. But it's nice to even from the beginning, it was nice to be able to, there's something about being able to do something as an entrepreneurial pursuit Especially in a field where, frankly, you know, I wasn't a a pro football player by any stretch Mm -hmm. of the imagination and people are are a scout. And so now that I have scouts who get the book and and I've, you know, to be able to say it's the second most purchased publication by NFL personnel people, Mm -hmm. according to folks like Alex Brown, who's the SMU director of recruiting and has worked with three other, um, you know, colleges and knows this that's a you know that's a point proud moment it is i'm a proud papa of this thing and yeah you should be
0: and dad i was going to tell his quick story exactly like his tagline pleasantly shocking readers that's what it was for me i've i've been buying the rookie scouting portfolio for a few years now but i was shocked and the funny story was i have a buddy of mine that i play in a home league with and i'm like hey i just discovered this guy matt waldman he goes uh, yeah. And I'm like, well, you, you don't like this guy? And he's like, no, no, no. I just was hoping you wouldn't discover him because now I got to compete with you in the rookie drafts and you, you're going to have the same info that I do. <laughs> so that's what it is. And I, I definitely encourage everyone to go check it out if you haven't already.
1: Yeah. I uh, love it that it's it's your work. You know, it's your thing. And right now on, on Dynasty Twitter, it's just so much regurgitation there's so much chalk you know everyone's like hey they're all rankings are the same you know and we had you on last year and you said Chris Olave was your wide receiver one and I mean man did he ball out like I absolutely love Chris Olave. you pointed us to your deep sleeper you hit on Isaiah Pacheco you know like you're yeah you're digging in that. there and you're not just saying <laughs> this is what you know you're not looking at everybody else's and trying to be the same it's Matt Waldman's work it's your RSP and it's you can tell that you're not going into different areas trying to get ideas and regurgitate it's all your process yeah because at the end of the day if you want to get better at what
2: you're doing you got to make mistakes but they got to be your own mistakes i don't yeah. know you know i respect Line. i respect dane Bruegler, emory hunt or mm-hmm. a bunch of people that have draft guides out there but i don't know how they watch tape i don't know what their process mm-hmm. is i don't know right. how they grade right. players they show you you know in a in a general way but i don't i'm not with them day to day and to understand what they're exactly looking at and how they look at techniques and how they value them. Only I can do that. So if I'm going to screw up on a player, I'm going to learn much faster by being my screw up and not looking at someone else and going, well, then I'm higher. Let me just see if I can nudge that higher because it, it, I, I don't really know why they did that. So, you know, I'm going to make big mistakes. That happens. I've had big successes. I've had some big mistakes. I've, you know, I look at Demarius Thomas and Dak Prescott. Those are two guys in the past that I can look at over a period of time and say, yeah, I missed on those guys. Like, I whiffed. I would say Alvin Kamara is another one that I whiffed on, even though from what I've learned, Sean um, Payton also didn't like Kamara all that much, no, and funny. for the same wow. reasons that I didn't. But Kamara <laughs> turned into probably the Zen mm-hmm. master of contact balance that I did not see at, right. uh, at Tennessee, um or at alabama so you know and then there's players that you're just going to be people are going to say you're wrong about but you don't know until you've really seen enough of their tape and they didn't get to play like hakeem butler or mm-hmm. a trey sermon you know yeah. where and hakeem butler's balling out yeah he is right now, now isn't he? yeah you know mm-hmm. so we'll see if he gets another maybe he opportunity back. maybe mm-hmm. he comes back trey sermon we'll see if they draft another back and if if uh rashad penny can stay healthy um but they've said some nice things whether that's because they're trying to trade them or they or they actually mean it we're going to find out pretty soon but those are things that again that's part parcel of it and i I, you know i i can deal with that because when you have the olaves or the pacheco's or the patrick mahomes or the brock purdy or the nick chubb yeah justin jefferson you know i've got a good list Mm -hmm. of guys that you know, if you're gonna say I have some receipts, I've I've got a good receipt. So, <laughs> I think I think yeah, that's I what's do. great
1: about you is you're you're humble about it. You're understanding, and you're you're and we try to do that at Smash. Except when we give, sure. we're gonna give you our hits, but we're gonna tell you our misses. I feel like everyone in today's culture wants to hide their misses, and I think it's when you when you have failures, when you have things you miss on, that's an opportunity for growth, like you said, and to continue to move forward. Um, there's a process in Dynasty we do every year, you know, and it, like we talk about this year's class and then all of a sudden we start to sour on them when we get a little bit closer, right? And for the last nine months, John and I have been hyping this 2023 class because it's exciting. Mm
0: -hmm. And now
1: all of a sudden people start to look into 2024 and say, oh, there's only X, Y, and Z special players. And, you know, talk to me a little bit about the class as a whole because people are really souring a lot of things. We try to pick out the warts of this player, that player. We start to really overanalyze it and almost like, You know, in 2021, they were like, hey, we want to get 2022 rookies. In 2022, we wanted to move to 2023. Now they're doing the same thing, and they're like, hey, you know, after you get past Jameer Gibbs, we need to move into the next class. Talk to me a little bit about what you see with these guys, because it feels deep. I mean, we're doing doing shows where the second round is getting guys that you would have potentially gotten the first round last year.
2: Well, I saw... John say time out, and I would say yeah, time out about yeah. time out about trying to get other picks in other classes right Thank now. You. I would say <laughs> that's, that's what that's we've been saying. To yeah, hear that. yeah, right, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like the, the, your top three quarterbacks in this class are. It's a good quarterback class. Could it be a great one? Possibly. Um, mm-hmm. but if those all three of those guys hit, it could be a great one. Um, th- that's all you need. So those three, that's strong. That's much stronger than last year, where there was really nobody. Yeah. Right, you know who you would pick that early. No comparison, yeah, no, yeah. Running mm-hmm. back, I think it's twelve deep as guys yes. who can actually be a legitimate fantasy about. contributor. Twelve deep, and that's not including guys who may you can get later who might develop. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's six to me. There's six guys right now. If they they land in the right situation, they could be first year starters and good ones. That, it. It's a strong top of the yeah. class. If someone's telling you to forget it after Jameer Gibbs buying the running backs all day long. because
1: hey, I guess there. I'm
0: taking them then. We're yeah. not sharing that. That's just what <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing on other podcasts. That's yeah. what I'm hearing in the right. community. Right. And we're
1: just like, last year we were suggested after you get past like eight, you know, nine, 10, nine, 10 11, and 12, we're a little bit weaker. You know, you get a yeah. Lava, you get Jamison Williams. But this year's not the same. Like this class is, you, you alluded to the quarterbacks. And John, I know you and I have been trying to break down that quarterback position quite a bit. And you have right. some questions with that as well.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I think we should kind of look at your, your number one, Matt. And, um, I think I, I was, I was just funny because I was re- when I was reading the RSP and I, you know, there's all this debate between Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I, I was just laughing reading your RSP because a lot of what you were bringing out is exactly how I thought it was. And so tell, tell the listeners here kind of how you broke down Richardson versus Levis. And, uh, I think it's going to really help clear the air on these two prospects
2: well i think the important thing is to talk maybe to start with how i evaluate pro- quarterback mm-hmm. prospects in general because really you know the way i do it is this i i have a breadth of talent scale and a depth of talent scale breadth of talent is how much mm-hmm. players shown on tape of what they can do and what and that's like a resume bullet point how versatile are you at what's demanded of the position um depth of talent is how well you can do it which means you know You know, Deshaun Watson may not be able to do everything Aaron Rodgers can do, but the things that he did well at his best vault him into being a top five quarterback when he's at his best, okay? So Mm -hmm. I have a grading checklist for breadth of talent that has 98 behaviors for the position. They're defined, they're weighted on a 100-point scale to assess what they show they can do. That's the breadth of talent. Then I chart multiple games of each quarterback, with this large matrix of factors. And the the matrix goes like this. You get six scenarios and all of these different combinations, scripted and unscripted plays. Every throw I'm looking at, whether it's an unscripted or unscripted play, whether the throw was under pressure, without pressure, whether it was versus man or against zone coverage. So all combinations of those six things. Then each of those combinations, I'm grading the degree of accuracy, whether it's pinpoint, like Bill Walsh, you know, curse, but not curse now. But going after Mike Holmgren to saying, you know, when they were in practice one day and he, and Montana threw to Rice and and it was just not quite where it needed to be. But you know, Holmgren was like, "That's a great cat. That's a great throw, Joe." And Walsh pulled him aside and said, "No, this is what a pinpoint throw looks like. Everything else is just catchable. So I grade by catchable mm-hmm. and pinpoint, and then also look at touch and velocity for each throw." in 12 specific zones of the football field, basically sidelines, flats, Mm -hmm. and inside the hash, and also short, intermediate, vertical, and deep, increments of 14 yards. For each of those scenarios, then I use that information to inform my accuracy component for my depth of talent assessment, which is basically how well the player does. I stack rank these quarterbacks in 19 position-specific categories, and then each category has six tiers from that I'm projecting is, are they deficient for the NFL or do they have star caliber potential? So these tiers are how well they do things. Um, And then they have several defined criteria points that are designed to categorize basically on a hundred point scale that I come up with my grade. So that's how I grade quarterbacks. So when I look at Anthony Richardson, the things that I value the most from a quarterback are processing speed, Mm -hmm decision-making in terms of integrating how what you're seeing on the field with how you maneuver in the pocket with um with accuracy and accuracy you you know is not statistical accuracy it's my charted accuracy that's a key Um, point here too yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) because baker mayfield had insane accuracy my charted accuracy was yeah not so much um Mm -hmm. you know because every so zach wilson great accuracy charted accuracy not so good you know so when i look at anthony richardson his his statistical accuracy not so good his charted accuracy really good and i'm not the only one there's another site out there that has a database of what they chart and the the guy who only had more drop passes than him was was um Dan Marino in their database. In <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. So, pretty so, serious database.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember I had the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, not accurate enough. Mm-hmm, Looking mm-hmm. at his chart and I'm going, no, more than accurate enough. A lot of drop passes that are catchable. I'm not talking like Larry Fitzgerald catchable. Those difficult catches to me are defined as catches that you shouldn't expect anyone to catch. So, you know, there's, there's a difference yeah, there. I feel you. So when I look at Richardson, Richardson integrates a lot of skills that are very hard to integrate as a quarterback, moving in the pocket, manipulating multiple defenders underneath the safeties, not the safeties. Everyone can manipulate safeties. If you're a college quarterback, you should be able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Most good high school quarterbacks can do that. It's the flat defenders. It's having to do that while you're moving up in the pocket in the tight pocket or sliding outside and doing it and then firing the ball where you can layer it over the coverage, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Herbert, you know, those guys do that extraordinarily well. Mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson shows doing all those things together. When you look at where he has issues, he has some accuracy issues, but there are footwork things that can be figured out and they're not massive footwork flaws where he makes big mistakes. There are things like he hasn't seen enough cover two in different variations of disguises or scenarios with pressure where maybe he didn't recognize the cover two and he threw a pick six. That's different than not being able to read the leverage of a defender on a or on a receiver well, because really the best quarterbacks, that processing speed is about reading leverage. Brett Favre didn't know a nickel until like year two in <laughs> in Green Bay. The reason mm. is, is that he can read leverage. And the Patrick Mahomes, the reason he's so good and makes these greater throws, he reads leverage. The best quarterbacks yeah. know that. The coverage part, that's great that you can recite everything on a whiteboard and be like a coach. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can't translate that to having the timing to get the ball out confidently when you see when it's time to do it, it doesn't matter how much you know in book smarts. Life yeah, smarts is on the field. so key.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
2: so teams are figuring that out to a degree. And Anthony Richardson scored high on what's this S2. I don't know much about it, and so I don't want to say it's predictive, but it's a way of them trying to understand what processing speed really looks like. And he scored very high on that. Um, now, at the same time, when you look at Will Levis, Will Levis has a, a good arm. He's got the size that you're looking for. He played in a system where you see the three, five, seven step drops. He had an NFL quarterback coach. Now, let me tell you about that NFL quarterback coach, but I'm waiting to hear him curse me out one day because, <laughs> um, because of what I've been saying. But I don't know if he's good or bad, honestly, but I'm but I'm intimating that maybe there it's not good because yeah. Rich Gangarello is the was the quarterback coach or the offensive guy at Kentucky. Now, I got emails a year before he ever made it to Kentucky from somebody telling me Rich Scangarello comes into X place and I know him and he's telling me this Will Levis kid is going to be uh, is, as is the most pro-ready quarterback ready there. He's not even got the job at Kentucky, but he's telling everyone that he knows this. I'm sure he's not just telling people who work in the <laughs> restaurant industry or the bar <laughs> industry. He's probably telling people in the nfl okay and and why is he doing that well curiously enough he got a job at kentucky a year later and why would he do that well if you can if you can get a bunch of people in the media to uh, and scouting to say this will levis kid is someone we got to look at he's apparently the most pro ready kid and we have one of our our fraternity members saying that this is a good guy guess who's gonna get a recruiting bump when he gets to Kentucky. Now you've got a Mm pro-ready quarterback. We're going to build a program of these pro-ready players. But the problem is, is Will Levis, His not only is he a beat or two or three late with a lot of his decision-making, not only is he not strong in the pocket, he's not horrible, but he's not particularly strong there. But he also has footwork issues. Yeah, I've seen the
0: footwork issues. Yeah, it's terrible.
2: Yeah, it's like the I, I say this a lot, but the midline of the back foot should mm-hmm. be aligned with where the target needs to be placed. The front toe needs to be aligned with where the target needs to be placed. Yeah, right. So it's kind of looking like, you know, if I can do it kind of looking like this, <laughs> you know. That's right, I've seen it. Like no, this, I know exactly you know? what you're talking about. But yeah. what he's doing is the, the midline of his back foot is aligned with where the target is, not where it's going to be. And the and the toe yeah. is pointed somewhere out in space. And then he's mm-hmm. trying to Like, click them together as he's already getting the ball out. And it just doesn't work. And the fact that you have a quarterback coach in the NFL, and again, most of these guys are teaching scheme and game plan. It's on the quarterback to do it. But Mm -hmm. I would say Scangarello's got his own agenda. Scangarello also has been a coach in the NFL for many years. All of them from Atlanta through denver and san francisco and a lot of them are a series of one year yeah, jobs. One and done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're one and done in your industry yeah i don't hire easy. those kind of
0: resumes personally
2: <laughs> yes so so that's the thing when you look at will levis i don't think he's going to get a chance to be an nfl quarterback he's going to get it he, he's probably going to get drafted in the first round if he does and I'm hoping it's more like last year where all this hype was like these guys going to the first round and none of them, one of them did. Yeah. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's the same thing with him. But if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen and they buy into all this, then he's going to get force fed. He's going to have moments where he looks good they there. And all the people are going to like the back shoulder throw or the deep ball that he threw that looked good and all the difficult things that are actually truly difficult, like diagnosing and finding easy solutions in difficult situations, where the difficult thing is actually the check down or the intermediate throw or the moving around in pressure and throwing the ball away or doing all those things. Those are things he's going to have trouble with. And he may get two years in this league, but unless he finds an awesome system and uh, and he really improves fast and works super hard, he will have to be the exception to the rule to make it in the NFL as a starter, and I don't see it. Whereas with Anthony Richardson, he's that guy that the things that he's going to miss, people are going to go, oh, that was so bad, I knew that was a cover two. How did he miss that? Oh, that was a Matthew Stafford rookie throw where the guys – you can't throw that with a guy buried his helmet into your chest like that, you know, and he's tried some of those hero ball throws. But eventually what you're going to see is his – skill and nuance for the game Mm -hmm. is going to outstrip someone like will levis by a mile
1: i i love you know a lot of people right now they're just having those generic statements about anthony richardson of well you know he's inaccurate or he's just a running quarterback and they're just there's nothing behind it when i listen to you talk it's like i just sit back and learn, you know, and that's just refreshing to me is like, it's, it's awesome. Uh, when we talk about the, the other two quarterbacks in the class, you know, you know, Richardson has that unbelievable skill set and and where he's at, talk to me a little bit about Stroud and young and and the difference there and, and what kind of dynasty perspective you think that these guys do of as far as how high of a ceiling they have in the NFL.
2: I think they both have high ceilings and I think both could be top five quarterbacks, depending on the fit with their systems. And most likely Mm -hmm. they're going to have good fits. Um, so, um, you know, any of those three quarterbacks I'd be happy with. I just think Richardson's gonna be has the highest ceiling and could be yeah. and is the best right now from what from what I think he will become in the NFL. The best quarterback right now who will probably have the best first year will be CJ Stroud, mm-hmm. who's my number two quarterback. He has really good footwork, he understands the drop back game, he has good play action skills, he he doesn't take too many chances that that he, you know that that some other players might do with their athletic ability, um, and he's good in the pocket moving around. So what happens is when you have a solid foundation like that, and you're basically in a situation where you're drowning in new information, and you're trying to acclimate against a much better tier of athletes yeah. and complexity and savvy. Well, the first thing that goes when you're trying to up your game to that level are the fundamentals that you don't have solid. Yeah. So you're going to see Bryce Young and you're going to see Anthony Richardson to an extent, both those guys, if they have to learn some new things or they're trying to solidify those things, you're going to see some lapses with their games to an extent early on until they get used to the speed of the game. That's fine. Well, um, CJ Stroud, I don't think you're going to see those levis, those um I was gonna say those levises,
1: That's what we're you calling know? that lapses we're in a quarterback's the judgment. Are, is, are is levices. Levices.
2: That's total. That is. Let's hope not to see too many levises. I'm gonna credit the the fact that I did this on this show. <laughs> and I, Oh, that's so. Well, mean. We're gonna keep it going too, but it's great. It's like total lapses, total levises. <laughs> is that you're you're not gonna see as many of those? So that means that he's, you know, when he makes mistakes, they're not gonna be as um. As gross of a mistake on a as regular a basis, so I love Stroud for that. He's kind of a Cousins mm-hmm. type, okay. where, but from the yeah. standpoint of like he's already closer to being there than where Cousins was. Cousins was more Coming of a guy out, who yeah. thought it was like I'm Brett Favre, but I don't have the body, and then like figured out oh I'm not Brett Favre. How do you like mm-hmm. me now? So like he he's <laughs> turned into he's turned into a a, a good starter who's competent, but isn't an amazing playmaker that people go nuts about. Um, Young is that amazing playmaker that people go nuts about. And to me, he's like that guy on your right shoulder, Dynasty Dad, which is basically um, Kyler Murray in the sense that he's not as fast as Kyler as a runner, but he's better in the pocket. He doesn't waste movement in the pocket like Kyler does. He also... Um, he so that he's in a position to make efficient throws off of his movement, and yeah. he's been doing that since high school. Mm-hmm. He has great placement, he really does understand leverage well. He can be a little too risk oriented or buy too much time and have hubris in the red zone or backed up in his own ter- territory, which can lead to some maturity mistakes with okay. terms of managing yeah. the game, but they're not major. He should, um, uh, um, overcome those. And I think that he's, you know, he doesn't have great footwork, but, um, you're going to use him in a spread offense. You're going to use him pistol. You're not going to ask him to drop back from center a ton. So in that, re- in that um, way, uh, coach, a team that um, drafts him is probably going to let him be him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the same as the case with Anthony Richardson as the hope, though there, there may be some chances. Like if he winds up in Las, Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels, who's doesn't have a lot of proof for being a good person to work with, mm-hmm as a yeah. coach and people say well wait he worked with tom brady yeah but it's more that tom brady probably had enough um tenure and enough um yeah enough in him to say just shut up and sit down or yell because he yelled at him all the time you could see him oh, yelling yeah at we could Josh see him McDaniels him. all the him, time him, yeah. and mcdaniels mm-hmm. is a yeller and kind of a tear down kind of guy um mm-hmm. and and brady's kind of the guy that's gonna kind of like i'm not taking this from you like shut yeah, up. I yeah, know what yeah. I want to do. Like, and shut they'll up. yell and they probably get along fine because mm-hmm. they're telling the truth. Mutual respect, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that with a rookie in most cases. So they're probably he's probably gonna he's more of a teardown guy, and I don't think mm-hmm. the offense fits as well as what Richardson could do. So that's kind of how I see all three of those guys.
0: where where would be a good spot for Richardson? Is there a one or two that stick out to you if that happens? Or
2: I think Seattle would be good
0: for him. Seattle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be think, fun.
2: I think Detroit would be good. They have a good offensive line and True. he'd have Incredible. a chance to sit behind golf. Yeah. Just like sitting behind right. Gino, both of those <laughs> would be good. Um, I think I'm up and down about Tennessee. I, I, there's a part of me. that wants to say Tennessee because, but the offensive line isn't as good as it once was. If it was like Tennessee from a few years ago, I would be excited because with Henry and that offensive line and, you, you know, I think that he could do a lot with mm-hmm. Brown in that play action game. Now I'm not as excited about it, but I could see why there's still a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for that too.
1: I Go know on. the other thing, I mean, we want to start the, this, this class is very good at, at the quarterback position and it's very good at the running back position. Um, when we're looking at things, I mean, obviously, when we're talking Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson, that you, you just drool. How? I mean, I did a podcast last night with Dynasty's Old time of just how great Bijan Robinson is, and you know, John, John, and I will go back and forth on that for hours. He's got his autograph, Bijan helmet back there. But let, let's talk a little bit about briefly about those, the RB one and the RB two in the class, and uh, and and then let's move on to the, some of the other sure. guys there.
2: Well, you know, Bijan's a good worker. That's an important thing. And you've seen that, not just from people saying it, but from actually watching the tape. Because in 2021, there were some things as a decision maker that he needed mm-hmm. to work on. And in 2022, he short a lot of those things up. So you're seeing a guy who has you know, the speed, agility, strength, receiving skills, um, and ability to become a better blocker. Um, and he's not bad at it right now. He just can get better at it for the pro standard. to so, to really become as good of a, a running back that we've seen from guys like, chubb and barkley and and McCaffrey different players McCaffrey, todd Gurley, guys like that he could become that now the key is is he going to land on a team like saquon barkley did where the offensive line was not good and he's an up and down producer because right. he's boom bust because every running back needs a line unless your name's walter payton barry sanders gale sayers or jim brown you know so that's, and that's pretty yeah, much it that's yeah. it say goodbye maybe a royal campbell in his prime you know, but that's you know, that's about it. So, you know, Bijan, Bijan is worth taking number one overall. I don't think there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Teams that teams that can use him, they may have to build a little while to get to see the best from him in year two or year three, but I don't have any problem with the team taking him that early if they if they feel like they can build the nucleus to do it. Jameer Gibbs listen um it took me a while to come around on him to be honest yeah i was hoping
0: you would come around on him because i was pretty high um i saw that you started warming up to him
2: i did you know and and so he's explosive i love the footwork um he obviously can catch the ball really well his routes are good they're not as great as people make them out to be Um, my buddy jay moyer who works over at fantasy astronauts made a really great point um recently saying look you know alabama took him out on a lot of plays where you would expect him to be in if he's that great of a a route runner um Mm -hmm. and you know so he's no michael carter as a route runner even though the jets may not utilize carter as the route runner he was because of zach wilson um so you know there was some of that there but gibbs is a good football player he's explosive he reminds me a little bit of charlie garner maybe not as physical as charlie garner but you know to me charlie garner is the guy that you would compare between two Falks Kevin Falk on the low end Marshall Falk on the high end I don't think he's ever getting the Marshall yeah he's not yeah. Alvin Kamara I understand yeah. that maybe he's quick that like comp, Alvin. I don't,
0: uh, we got to stop at that cop now yeah
2: he can catch like Alvin he he'll, he'll run tough through a crease but there's nobody that has contact balance like Alvin right. Kamara right. and and J- Jameer Gibbs I could think of probably 20 backs who have better contact balance in this draft mm-hmm. than than Gibbs. him and then mm-hmm. Gibbs, or at least equal to it. So good good backs, worth getting. Gibbs is someone you, you want to fit really specifically to a system to mm-hmm. really maximize what he does. He's like a better... To me, he's a better DeAndre Swift. And I think people misunderstand DeAndre Swift. Maybe they're coming around a little bit better because DeAndre's a, a good back, but he's not an all-around player at the level. You wouldn't have Jamal Williams doing what he did if they thought he was an all-around player. Um, so... To me, Gibbs is a better version of Swift, but still not quite the all-around player unless he's in the perfect offense suited to
1: his talents. So yeah. sticking with the running back position, we have a set, we started a network now. We have a second podcast. It's called Smash or Pass, and the way we do that is you know it's a it's a dynasty market value kind of thing. Now for tonight's show, we're going to be with the running backs. We're going to say it's a smash if you're above consensus, or a pass if you're below consensus on these guys, and then and then tell us why. You know these are the guys that in our Patreon they want to hear about. Good. One of the guys they want to hear mostly about is, is Devin Hain. So are you going to smash? Or pass? Are you above consensus or below when it comes to him?
2: I'm I'm guessing where I am. So I would guess that I'm below that I would pass, mm-hmm. but I do think that he has the capability of being a a lead back in the right system and a productive committee back. I like him, just don't love him.
1: Now, John, this is one of John's favorite guys from from day one, and Zach Evans. You know, Zach Evans. I feel like is very polarizing as far as ranks go. Same kind of thing. Are you going to smash or pass on Zach Evans?
2: Do you have a new button? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna break the button, smashing it.
1: (laughs) There we go. All right, yeah, Yeah, baby.
2: uh, He is he is a refined running back, and he's a creative running back. The nonsense that I'm hearing that he's not creative tells me that they watched him at Ole Miss where they put as an outside runner and not yeah. a TCU. That is and such even a mistake
0: a, on film watching. Yeah, go yeah. back a year or two, right? Yeah,
2: and even Ole Miss, you can see that he's good at taking bad situations and turning lemons into lemonade. And he is, it's because of footwork, patience, understanding of the scheme, knowing leverage, and I've showed it on Twitter. You can look up Matt Waldman, Zach Evans. I have a thread that's really just showing you nothing but crap gains. But I'm showing you crap gains because the the good players turn those turn like awful losses into crap gains you know and you and you need that that makes you reliable to you're preventing losses and loss prevention is a very important part of running back play he's a he can catch okay he's not a great catcher but he's good enough for checkdowns to me he's like a combination of Dalvin Cook and Clinton Portis I mean, this guy. I think love those guys. I I, I think this guy is a legit running back. Who it one day, I thought he was a better decision maker than Bijan Robinson. If you took the length of his career, he was a better decision maker. Now, Mm -hmm. I think Bijan Robinson's closed the gap in his final year. But if you told me five years from now that Zach Evans Mm -hmm. and Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs are the names that you remember with this class, and you put them. Production-wise, fairly on equal ground. If they land in the right spots, I would not be surprised. Okay. Oh wow, John, you, you got to be pumped here. about oh, that. Uh,
1: you, no, you sure. and Snoog have been going back and forth about how great Zach yeah. Evans is, and I
0: love that. I just hope the draft capital comes. And I mean, we don't need. We don't have to even get into all the going to be off-field stuff. He'll probably be a fourth, stuff, yeah, be a fourth, fourth round rounder.
2: Thing. And and the and the draft capital, the 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 off-field stuff is just silly. From what I, I've I know seen I, thus far.
0: Right, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, One of, go ahead, John well I have another one I already know the answer to this but I was also like the highest amongst all the smash crew on Tajay Spears and so this is when I when I said in the intro I was pumped when I was reading yours because I was like am I I I think I'm seeing this on film it's incredible to watch this guy in the open field his lateral movement his ability to hit the holes acceleration um so I, talk talk to me about Tajay Spears. I was I can't tell you I was so excited when I was reading the R.S.P. You well, see, you were... he
1: got so excited about it. He didn't even sick with the Smasher pass. He's just like he's like Matt. Tell me, tell me, tell yeah. me how wonderful Tajay yeah. Spears is. And and,
2: and, he's, and he's right. Like I'll <laughs> smash that one too. I'll probably smash that one pretty hard as as well. But uh, but and for the reasons that you mentioned, it's no surprise. I mean, John's got a Texas fan, and the guy I comped him to is Jamal Charles. Yeah, uh, I know the Jamal a, Charles. That's a weighty was... comp.
1: Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. So is he going to be Jamal Charles? No, he's like a tear away from that. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but if it all comes together, there's a possibility. The things that he has in common with Jamal Charles is that he has excellent footwork. He's very creative. Um, he's someone that can be creative in tight spaces. And he understands yeah. that the thing I learned from Jamal Charles more than any other back while I've been evaluating running backs is that you can, um, you, you can be a small back and win between the tackles on a regular basis and hold up between attackers on the regular basis if you understand how to be the initiator of contact. Because if you initiate contact, you're actually initiating the chain of movement that comes after it. Because as the defender's reacting to the contact that he just took from you, you're making the next move. And if you're quick enough to do that, like a Jamal Charles mm-hmm. or a Tajay mm-hmm. Spears or a LaShawn McCoy, um, you win and you get yards and you avoid getting hit hard right. uh, as much. So Tajay Spears, you know, creative... Good receiver. I mean, they a matched really him up. Go watch the Houston yeah. game. Go mm-hmm. watch the Houston game oh, yeah. where he gets matched up in overtime on a game-winning play against a cornerback. I saw and, that play. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's what he can do as a receiver. Yeah, he has two ACL tears. That scares people. Right. I understand right. that. Well, you know what? One of the guys that every fantasy GM and every fantasy um, analyst that I saw on Twitter who was su- just superb, unbelievably annoyed with for the past 5 years um, or for the the 5 of the past 6 years because he just wouldn't retire was a guy with two ACL tears in Frank Gore. So, I mean, if <laughs> yeah, I I am I Tygen Spears looks great off two ACL tears, I'm okay with taking a chance that's on them. him concerning that running back. Yeah. We consider 3 to 4 years that's probably their 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 shelf life and if they and if they're great maybe they can do 8 to 10 years, but we're not counting on that we're hoping, but we're not counting on it. So Spears to me, um, you know, absolutely is going to, I think can transcend his size a little bit to be one of the better, one of the better backs in his class.
1: John, every time I hear Frank Gore, I think of the, uh, the <laughs> dynasty dad roast Frank they had for me on, on my 40th birthday or there, there were in there and they're like, Hey, you know, he's the Frank Gore of fantasy, the old guy in the industry. There's two more guys I want to talk to uh, quickly. We'll start with. Tank Bigsby. I think Tank Bigsby is one that last year this time would have been a lot higher. And now people start to really be sour on him. Where I'm seeing him as like RB8 in the class. Some people are saying barely second round, you know, rookie draft capital. Smash or pass on Tank Bigsby.
2: Everyone who watched him told me that early in his career told me I would smash that. But I'm, I am I'm wound up passing even as much as I wanted to. Um, just don't think he's... A completely mature runner as a decision maker, he gets. He tends to bounce things outside that he shouldn't. Um, his footwork, he has a lot of different footwork moves, but he doesn't pair them together in optimal ways. Um, powerful to a degree, but maybe not to the degree that I expected. Um, he's improved his speed and quickness. That's great, um, but I think that he's he's a guy that you look at and say he's going to contribute in the league. He's even going to have some good games as a starter. He may even have a stretch of a season where he will be a productive fantasy starter. But he's kind of like, you know, if you think Chester Taylor went back in the day or Justin Forsett or a, you know, a back who has one good year and then they're looking over their shoulder, looking at somebody else and they, they play for a while and, and they can help you, but they're not. They're not your top 15, top 20, top 25, even maybe even a top 36 back every year. That's where I see um, I see him more in that bottom end of the top 36 if, if things work out for him reasonably well.
1: Yeah, and when it comes to drafting Tank Bigsby, don't force it. I miss those names, the fantasy football names of Ease It In There, like Don't Force It, all those different yeah. ones. Uh, Sean Tucker and Kendra Miller, let's touch on those two as well. Also guys that in in the Discord Patreon, they're just like, what about these two guys? Those are, you know, once you get top past the top four or five guys, those are two guys' names that come up a lot.
2: I'm smashing Kendre Miller because I think he has palpable yes. burst. I think he runs hard. He's smooth and sunny. Reminds me of Lamar Miller in the way that Lamar Miller could have been. Um, he's he has a little work to do as a pass catcher, but he makes tough right. catches. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's just being okay. consistent. He is mm-hmm. a he is a good blocker who can get better. Yeah, he just he's... has to keep his head up. He punches well. He is he is a sound runner. He's one of those guys I would look at and say, in the right system, he could start this year and be good. Um, Sean, Tucker, Sean Tucker may not be as high as other people on my board, but he has a rotational starter grade for me, which means that in the right system, he could do well. He's in the same tier as Kendra. Um, well, not in the same tier, but um, he's just a tier below Kendra Miller. Um, but still, he's in a, a strong enough tier where I got to say, I don't know what his metrics are. Um, and and I and when you look at pro day, there's a big difference between a big plus or minus variance of what really is the truth with their scoring on those things. But watching his tape, there was no back that I was more impressed with how smooth of an
0: accelerator he was. Yes. Yes, you know, that straight just, line burst acceleration is bam.
2: Yeah, it feels gone. like Robert Smith he's like a, back he's a track,
0: he's a track star too, right? I think that's you know, he's got that capability for sure.
2: Yeah. And so for me, I look at him and I think if Donald Brown is him, what he'd regress to, if he's a better version of Donald Brown and maybe more like Ryan Williams could have been, then if he really knocks out, he's never going to be JK Dobbins, who I think has that kind of acceleration button and and a lot of skills, but Tucker could be really good in a game where there's a lot of gap running and a lot Mm -hmm. of toss outside plays you know counter he's really good with that he could get better at zone and i think he will um he's not a, an elite decision maker but he's good enough to to be good in gap and a lot of teams are running that now they need to with these these lighter defenses and i i like him i think he's i think he's a guy you might be able to get in the 3rd 4th 5th round probably more the 4th and 5th round because of if there's any yeah. indication of the, the temperature on him and I think he's going to be a good contributor for a team, and then maybe develop into a starter.
1: I love listening to you talk running backs. Last year, yeah. you picked out Pacheco as that that guy that's completely under the radar. And this year, is there a guy that's under the radar that we're not talking enough about? Because I feel like there always is, and and you're one of those guys that picks him out.
2: Well, there's one that there's one that I'll say will likely get a late round pick. And there's one that I don't think is going to get picked, and I like both of them, and so I'll name them. One is T- Tyon Evans, the Louisville back who came from Tennessee and before that, Hutchinson Community College. five nine two twenty five, kind of a Travis Henry Ray Rice build. Um, someone who can run gap a little better than zone. Bowling but ball can do guy. both. In JD, Bowling, yeah, you got it. Bowling ball kind of guy. Um, you know, he can run around you, run through you, or run past you. Um, and he's He's a decent enough receiver and blocker that he can get better at that. Really good movement, you know? So I'm a fan of him. The other guy, no one I know is talking about him is Christopher Brooks out of BYU, who transferred from Cal. And when you watch his tape, he's 6'1", 235. Um, He was really good at the Hula Bowl um, this year. He can catch. He's a very good pass catcher. Um, They use him on wheel routes. They use him in the red zone. Um, He can work back to the ball very well. He catches with his hands. He transitions downfield well. But the thing that you know him to be is that he's an earth mover, an old-school earth mover who can run through you all three levels of the defense to push the pile. But he also has a nifty enough footwork to make that first man miss. He's good in gap. He's good in zone. He's good in windback plays. Um, you're okay. going to see. And he doesn't have – he's not going to outrun you know, athletic linebackers in the NFL to get – 50-60 yard gains very often or very often for what running backs do. But he's probably gonna be that you know singles and double doubles hitter, that red zone guy who can be really good. And like you know, I can comp him that if if it if he gets an opportunity, he can be a Gus Edwards Samaj P type. If okay. he if he does better than that, Mike Evans, John Connor, James Connor could be in that realm of potential. If things really, if he really exceeds expectations and and has more growth than what I would expect,
1: guys that are listening right now, you know, smash accept listeners. Go back. This is the one pod every year. I go back when it's done and I listen to it again and I write down the notes because you know if you listened yeah. last year and you got Pacheco in the fifth round and you sold him for a second round pick. That's how winning is done in Dynasty. It's it's picking those diamonds Absolutely. in the rough. We talk about rounds. Rounds three is 8 to 12% hit rate. Round four in Dynasty is even less than that. And when you, you got quality information from a guy like Matt Waldman, you got to look into that. John, I know I'm going to transition over to wide receivers and let you kind of take over a little bit. But Matt, the one question I have is, Last year's wide receiver class was phenomenal. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave. We didn't see it from Jamison Williams, but he wasn't on the field. You know, Dotson, Christian. It was a fantastic class. How does this class rank? And where are the guys like JSN, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, those top guys in this class? How do they stack up? Because I'm seeing a lot of people say, well, it's JSN and then there's nothing else. And there's some guys that I'm falling in love with in the at the wide receiver position here
2: this is the weirdest class I've seen in about five years. Um, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is this, is that there are, I've got, I've, I have strong grades for um, really, let's see, I think about um, six guys, six or seven guys. Let's say eight, actually eight guys. I feel like they're going to be contributors or starters within a year or two. Okay. Um, some of them right away. JSN is certainly one of those guys, okay? Zay Flowers is certainly one of those guys. Um, But after that, there's a Tier 2 of guys who could, several of them, could be better than the Tier 1 guys. They have the athletic makeup. They have the big playability. They have the skills in the open field. They either have great routes, but not great hands, or they have great hands, but not quite great routes and not great athletic ability, but good enough. And if they play to that potential, they could be better than a lot of these guys. And if that happens, but everyone plays reasonably well. Now I'm saying that this is a very low end potential outcome is if it does all come together, it could be the best class that I've seen. Um, But I don't, I think it's such a low end potential for that likelihood happening. Um, So it's weird because the guys in that second tier there's a lot of landmines with all those guys, too, because mm-hmm. they have trouble with addressing the ball in the proper way that they should. One of them is Quentin Johnston. A lot of people have him as their number one or top three guy. He's not, he's at the top of my second tier of guys. Mm-hmm. So he's ninth on my board, I think. And it's mm-hmm. still a grade that's good enough that you say, look, throw him slants, throw him screens, have him run over routes and crossing routes. He's good after the catch. He's a very good route runner. He's strong. He's fast. That's all great. Now you want him to be a primary receiver against Jalen Ramsey or against some tight coverage corner, and you asking him to run deep intermediate timing routes or win the contested catches and use his size. He doesn't do that very well. He's a he's kind of a Gabriel Davis clap attacker or mm-hmm. you know, or a Robert Meacham clap attacker yeah. who, you know, sometimes he makes the play right, and a lot of times it's bookended by drop, drop, drop because it's on him. He didn't position himself well. Clap attacked. He didn't have his hands in the right position uh, in addition to body position, and he made the, the job much harder and opened himself up to the defender. So those are things that he has to work on, and that's something that he is working on. So if I didn't think he could do it, he wouldn't have even been in my top 15 in my grade. Okay, He's already working on it, and he's getting better, but he just doesn't look comfortable with it at this stage. So it's he's not out of the woods yet, so he's ninth. If he had mastered this, totally just mastered it last year, he would have been number one on
0: Yeah, sure. right, right. Yeah, I, I felt kind of similarly as um, Quentin Johnston. And that's a good segue here. We're going to play a little more smash and pass with the wide receivers. Sounds like Quentin Johnston would be a pass. He's definitely under the consensus. Let's do you, a couple yeah. more, guys. Yeah. Um, and I I'd actually happen to know some of these answers, but let, for the listeners, sure, smash or pass on Zay Flowers?
2: Smash, just because very good open field runner, very good yeah. at adjusting to the football. Um, he, he gives you a, a kind of an, an aspirational Jalen Waddle type of vibe in terms of what his game can be about, and I don't think he's that far away. Um, if he really just like becomes maniacal about working with the game the way Antonio Brown did, he's he's not Antonio Brown, but he's more like Isaac Bruce, who was a, a just a, a great, great player
0: yeah and let me just one thing on zay flowers i feel like there's this misconception that maybe it's his size that he's just going to be a slot guy but i mean he played all over the formation um when watching him on film but do you feel like he could he could play they could move him around they could put him on the outside what's your thought on that i do i think he can
2: play all three positions and play return specialists on kicks or punts depending on what you want him to do probably not going to ask him to do those two things but I think that he he will get a chance to play all three positions as his career. He may start with the slot, but they're probably going to continue to expand his game as he gets comfortable.
0: Okay. Let's move on here. Smash or pass with these two Tennessee wide receivers. Would you smash or pass Jalen Hyatt? And would you with Cedric Tillman?
2: I'll smash Cedric Tillman. Cause I think he's kind of a, a Mike Williams type of player who could, might be a little mm-hmm. bit better than that. Um, depending on Mike Williams has really come on. So, you know, but Tillman's the type of guy that every every receiver clap attacks targets. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me put that out there. It's just that some do it with greater frequency and more egregiously than others, and it becomes a bigger problem. Everyone has lapses with that because it's hard when you're running at full speed and a ball's away from your frame and a defender's on you to put your hands together and extend. Yeah, That's hard yeah. to remember yeah. to do when you're pumping your arms or you're making a move. And so you're going to have some level of that. Okay, But when yeah. you have, the you know... He, he can catch with good technique. He can catch with bad technique. He can win the ball in tight coverage. Um, I think he made Jalen Hyatt's job a lot easier in some regards um, than maybe what people perceive. So I'm smashing him. I'm passing on Hyatt only because, you know, I think of Henry Ruggs, Ted Ginn, um, guys who were like pure deep threats, but not necessarily great at winning um, against contact in contested scenarios. I don't know if Jalen Hyatt can do it, but I can tell you that I've watched, I watched every snap of his last year. And some, you know, and I can tell you, at least based on last year, I saw one back shoulder play where the defender was within a yard of him. But Right, not, not know, a lot
0: of contested catches for that so guy. So
2: I can't, he may do it. He may be able to do it. And if he does, he will be a top, he will okay. be a worthwhile receiver. But until he proves it, I can't give him the. I can't give him credit. So I'm passing. Okay.
0: I was just going to maybe throw one more in, or Dad, if you have one. But I wanted. I wanted to hear your thoughts on Marvin Mims. We get a lot of questions on Marvin Mims.
2: I'm totally smashing that one. Um, I I like Marvin Mims. He's a, you know, I think of two players that I really like that remind me of Mims, and that's um, for him. Derek Mason is one, and then um, Santonio Holmes is the other. Um and he's Great a Cubs. he's he's really good at extending for the ball. He's mm-hmm. he's 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 skilled in tight coverage, he can play big, but you can also get him to do well in in the middle of the field. He's technically sound, I think he's a wise player. He's you know, I think he can have a long career in the league. He may never be a top five receiver you know, because of how he'll be used. He'll be seen as a secondary guy who can give you primary moments. And that was what Derek Mason okay. was, you know? Yeah. And so I think he's good. He's good. I'll totally smash that.
1: Derek Mason had multiple thousand-yard seasons. You know, I feel like yeah. in the in in the dynasty community, we're like, well, if he isn't top five to eight, we're not worried about him, you know? And wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes help you win. And and that that's great to add yeah. into their depth-wise. The wide receiver position, once we get – who are some of the guys – outside that top five to eight that you know you see are consistently undervalued, the guys that you would, you know, think should be higher up in in, in their values right now.
2: Xavier Hutchinson is one. Um I think mm-hmm. that he's a solid player who can play flanker, maybe a little bit of big slot. He has great catch radius. He's tough. He's skilled at being efficient with his movement. So he gets yards after the catch. He breaks tackles. Um he's a smart route runner. Um mm-hmm. I, I think he's gonna have a long career. Um Jaden Reed may not be undervalued to a degree by the media, but I think the draft day might undervalue him. But to me, he's a Lavernius Coles, maybe a Stefan Diggs starter kit whose hands issues may knock him down a little bit, but his hands issues aren't that bad. I think they're going to get a lot better. Um, I think he's done well enough that like they're minor things. He's very good with routes. Um, could get a little better there, but the difference between him being a contributing to the top starter right now is his hands, okay, just showing up a little bit. His routes up a little bit. Really good athlete. Yeah, I like um, him. you know, very tough. Keishawn Bude, nobody seems to like him because okay, they think he has an attitude problem. He didn't get to be Jamar combine. Chase in you know, the combine. We had the twenty nine inch vertical leap yeah. and he ran four or five.
1: We can four, all do that.
2: Four or five <laughs> speeds fast <laughs> enough, right? Uh, I, it's yeah. fast enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Four two five happens to be faster than one of the players I comped him to. Um, really, both of the players I comped him to. One of them has been a recent all-pro in the past three years. Um, and he he catches the ball really well. And they just had a come down because the LSU dropped off a cliff. They blamed right. a lot of it that on chibi. him because he had a 300 yards in his first game. And they all thought he was going to be like Justin Jefferson, Lamar, I mean, Jamar mm-hmm. Chase. Mm-hmm. And, and really... When you look at his game, he's a good route technician. He's a gritty pass catcher. He makes the first man miss a lot. He processes the game very fast. And the things that he's immature about are just things that anybody who was going to get played up to be the greatest things to slice bread. And then you have SEC rabid fans saying that you suck. And they question every Mm -hmm. little thing that you do (laughs) from like taking a playoff here and there. You know, yeah, I think I, you're right. You know, we
0: swung the pendulum too hard in the other direction. You have, though. he's yeah, he compares
2: favorably to Robert Woods and Jarvis Landry. Okay, okay, and they all they both had 29 inch vertical leaves. He plays on the ground, that's yeah. his job. He's 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 not playing <laughs> he's a
1: value right now, man. I love Yeah, that he is a value now. Yeah. I'm glad that I we mean, got to that one. You don't yeah. break out at 18.3 you know, and, and really have a breakout age of 18.3 and and not have those skills as a kid like that, just breaking in. Yeah, come on. We talk about. I love how you're comping guys right now because our listeners love hearing that. You know, it's like you you can take things to like a philosophical level and really break things down. And then when you're you're given those comps, it really helps the listeners kind of tie it all in. Uh, the tight end position we don't talk about enough. There's a very talented tight end class. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Meg from the Patreon. She wants to do smash or pass on Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is someone that you know. W- throughout the process multiple guys on our staff have loved what do you think of Michael Mayer
2: I'm going to explain it this way um I'm going to smash my rankings may look like pass but if you actually look at my depth of talent score it's a definite smash because over the past three to five years of what how I grade tight ends even though Michael Mayer's ranked lower on my board than most um his grade would put him top one top two top three over the past few classes he's that good. He's a he's not a man-to-man ball um, um, rot winner. You're not going to put him against cornerbacks or safeties on a regular basis, unless it's in the red zone. But you're not going to put him out there in like Travis Kelsey or or Kittle or um, you, you know or Gronkowski. He's not that type of player. People are going to say that it was last year it was changed and he was better, but year before I saw both years. He's not that player, okay? But he's very good in zone. He's tough. He makes good catches. Mm -hmm. He's a competent blocker who's going to get better. Um, Solid player. He's just lower on my board, but I'm still smashing it because this is a a terrific tight end class.
1: What's your comp for, for Michael Mayer? I'm just
2: curious. Well, people are going to be disappointed by it because they think of fantasy production, but it's like he's more Hunter Henry than he is like any of those other guys I mentioned. Hunter Henry to me is a good, savvy football player who either just didn't get paired with good players or didn't stay healthy. And when he has had good quarterback play with him, he, you know, he's his first year, way. he was really mm-hmm. strong. And I think that he can be, he can be a little better than Hunter Henry. I'll put it that way. But he's not, you, you know, Jason Witten, maybe. I don't really love that comp. Pat Fryermuth. maybe he's aspiring to be yeah. Pat Friermuth Okay, when That's Friermuth's was quarterback finally mm-hmm. gets there. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. Now, John and I have, we, we have... Dalton Kincaid as our tight end one. We both love him. Smash a pass on Dalton Kincaid.
2: Smash. That's exactly where I have him. So he's um, you know, he's not Up Travis here. Kelsey as a blocker, but he is in Travis Kelsey territory as a runner after the catch. Yeah. As a route runner, mm-hmm. as a receiver. Um, he usually breaks the first tackle or he right. makes the first man miss. It's one or the other, and usually happens almost on every play I've seen. Um, he is Really, skill above the rim or outside his frame. He takes contact well. He positions himself really well. I mean, to me, this is a this is a good player whose blocking skills are what people think Kelsey is. But Kelsey's better than this. Just the you don't want most teams understand that you can't have a Gronkowski or a Kittle without them missing half their career. Okay, very rarely are you going to have players like that. The Mm -hmm. the, as Adam Harstead and I talked about it, you know, on my on my um you know, my film and data um, podcast that we do during the season is that tight ends are a unicorn in the way that people view the position. There's mm-hmm. not many of them, and they, and it's hard for them to last. Well, Kincaid's a guy, if you have him stock block. If you have him lead block on on counter, you have him be a, a, a you know, kind of work on the backside as part of a double team, he's competent enough, or he'll get there. So he's that's how teams are going to use him, and mm-hmm. he's going to be a very good pass-catching tight end in the league.
1: So I haven't asked you this over the last couple of years, but if you're doing a dynasty rookie draft right now, okay, and I got three guys that are going in that 10, 11, 12 range, and they're guys that I love, John loves, and, and, and you know from what we've seen that you do as well, if you had to choose between, and it's tight end premium, Dalton Kincaid, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, and Jordan Addison, if you have to choose between those four guys, who's that guy that you just have to have on your team that you think has the best career?
2: Uh, right now, off the top of my head, it would be between Flowers and
0: Dalton Kincaid. And Same. I would probably give the slight edge to Kincaid.
1: I love that, man. That yeah, John that's just... in
0: first rounds. Yeah, I, that's what we've been saying is the tight ends yeah. do get overlooked. And maybe towards the end of the first round, people need to start thinking about Dalton Kincaid more. And, and he yeah. did get kind of cleared in terms of his, his injury as well just this week. So that should make people feel a little bit more at ease about it.
2: He's more of a long term bet, but I'm a believer in dynasty uh-huh. building. Yeah, it takes time that,
0: that you that anchor players are one point five PPR
2: tight ends, quarterbacks, and and primary yeah, wide receivers. That. And to me, the 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 closest model to a top end one point five PPR tight end, whenever I'm rebuilding a team, I often trade aging players where I can for mid-career to aging tight ends who are elite. That people go, oh well, he's gonna fall off the cliff soon. And I'm going, no, tight ends, <laughs> tight ends don't right? do that. They're they're they have old man game, like you know Gates, Heap, Gonzalez, um, you know Gronkowski. I mean, there's a number yeah. of players who were like that. That they're like they didn't look like they could run anymore, but they post yeah. up on guys and get tons of receptions and win in the red zone. It's like I, I'll take that all day. So like
0: you know, absolutely. That's yeah, it's like it. you're down at the yeah. YMCA and you're, you're you're running the court and you actually want to find the old guy and still has game. Yeah, he's, he's the guy you want on your team, right? He looks like a slob, he's got the old sweatshirt. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. top. laughs> <He's laughs> That's
2: my no, guy. He's got the chrome dome. And if you played <laughs> him in racquetball or in half court basketball, he's gonna whoop your tail. He's Let school me say, you. When I was in right. school, I'll say this real quick. When I was in school and I was in shape, and I used to be in really good shape, I would play racquetball. At the bottom of UGA's basketball, um, Coliseum, um, where they had a couple of racquetball courts, old, smelly, like hot c- sauna type
0: of place, it. Yeah. okay. I almost smell it and now.
2: and it, yeah, but it was fun to play. I'd play after work and I could run, I could outrun people. I had stamina. There was a guy who was like this preacher who was like my age now, about probably a good 30 pounds heavier than I am, okay. Like, I I need to lose a little weight, but this guy was a total doughboy, okay? And just like old Southern, kind of Southern man. He he knew position like nobody could in racquetball. He would kill me. He would just (laughs) kill me because he could put the ball exactly where it needed to be. And he knew all the angles so well. And I would lose by, like, a dozen points, like, all the time. And he would play UJ basketball players, and he would whip them. He'd have them running all over the court. That you is know, hilarious. so yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome. You got to have those I, old mid tight ends though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, we, we love this. This is something we mark on our calendar every year. This has been a blast. Like, every year, I feel like we, we just have even more fun when you come on here. We love it so much. Our listeners ask for it every year. John and I get giddy like a bunch of kids. You know, we we just enjoy chopping it up with you. So, a little bit just more about where people can find your RSP. We're going to push it heavy in our Patreon and on Twitter for you because we believe in the product as well. I mean, John talks to John talks to me about it all the time. So, he's like, he gets me going on it before we even, you know, get to have you on.
2: Well, I appreciate that you guys do it, obviously, being an independent business owner and doing this and starting this in a way. I mean, when I first started this, um, you know, first of all, people said, how are you going to do this? You never played football and you weren't a scout. And now I'm, I told you in the beginning of what where that's taken me. And a lot of that's hard work. The first three years that I did this, um, you know, first three years I did this, I made $700. Um, so, and, you know, that was enough to like maybe... You, you know, make a part of a payment, pay, payment on a car, maybe get, you know, <laughs> yeah, do some utilities, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I'd be yeah, okay yeah. for the month living basic. I'll put it that way at back at that time. So, you know, first three years of doing that, it's come a long way. And obviously mm-hmm. this is my, this is my living now. Um, but, you know, it also meant passing up a lot of opportunities where people were like Greg Rosenthal. You know, I was going to work for him back at NFL mm-hmm. um, when he was at Roto World. And I was going to work alongside a guy by the name of Evan Silva. We were going to work together. And mm-hmm. I turned them down twice early in the career before NBC bought them out. And I remember looking in my house after the first three years of making $700 and seeing on TV um greg rosenthal at the halftime of you know sunday night football and going well i better make this work you know (laughs) because i like um, to bet on yourself you bet on yourself and you you bet big but that's awesome that's what you do so Mm -hmm. i'll say this you you know the rsp you get a pre-draft you get a post-draft um the post-draft comes out within seven days of the nfl draft Mm -hmm. i usually put out a cheat sheet a preliminary one maybe two to three days after the draft just so if you're drafting early you can see what i'm thinking even though i might change it a little bit more um but both of those products, they have the the pre-draft has a lot of evergreen value. The post-draft, um, you know, obviously is something that war- is good for changing things based on fit. So that's really helpful and it gives you really a great cheat sheet. And you can get it for twenty mm-hmm. one ninety-five at mattwaldman.com. Um um it's easy to download but if you do have any questions and occasionally that happens sometimes what i think is easy isn't easy for some people i respond within 24 hours i'm usually very helpful with being able to get you get you squared away um and you know customer service was my field before this you know so i you know i take pride in that and and making sure that people are are straight and uh you, you know you can get that and get the i also do projections that do every player mm-hmm in the in the dynasty sphere for the offensive positions. And I do that, that's $24.95. And you get updates throughout the year in a cheat in a spreadsheet form. And it shows you by every team with a big matrix of every team, as well as giving you um long, long-term and short-term draft cheat sheets that are tiered for all those players too. Um so again, that's $2495, the the RSP for rookie drafts. Twenty-one ninety-five, 95, um, mattwaldman.com. And I also give back to a good cause by known as darkness to light ddl.org. They, they train people to prevent sexual abuse of children, as well as how to teach them how to address it. So it doesn't compound the issues mm-hmm. in when unfortunately children report it. It is certainly an epidemic in our country and around the world. Um, it's a great cause we've given over $55,000 since 2012 awesome. to the cause.
1: And John, I know you're obviously, one of the the biggest fans and proponents so i mean share with what what it's meant for you as a dynasty owner because i know you've gotten yeah. sharper just by you, you share it with me you and i talk all the time about it
0: yeah it really has helped me just going i mean it's definitely some people may just get it so they can have matt's rankings but it's so much more than tiers and rankings you really learn how to study players um, how to watch film uh, what to look for what to really not um, consider as important and and that's really helped me become really more of a student of the game and it's kind of just made me more passionate about the overall sport. And I I really look forward to reading the RSP. There's always a few things that I pick up like, Oh, I I completely missed that. And just having a guy like Matt that's done it for so long, you know, that it's, it's absolutely legit. So it's really just um, so much more. Again, you you, you really, like you said, you kind of get shocked when you first see how much is in this thing. It's so in depth. So definitely a huge uh, smash for me to go, go out there and get that. And uh, I really wanted to thank you, Matt, for coming on. And, and I, I do think you should file for copyright on the Yeah, I love that. Like,
1: you, you should, We're going to start using that. that too, man. That's <laughs> awesome. Man. to Get yeah. that going. Yeah,
2: yeah that's, that's a funny Freudian slip for sure. But, <laughs> you know, that was classic.
1: I love it, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, make sure you follow at Matt Waldman on Twitter. Check out the RSP. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.